Hello and welcome. This is not Dave or anyone else. It is Stu for the very first time and probably the last. Um, so on the fancast today we have Matt. Hello, good evening. And Gully. Good evening. <laughs> good evening, Mr. President. And just want to introduce yourself. Or Jake. Just Jake. <laughs> okay, uh, today we have the agenda as usual, but with a few added bonuses. Um, we're going to talk about Bournemouth and the proper things later. But first, because we are fifth in the Premier League, and deservedly fifth in the Premier League, um, the rumours, gentlemen, started with Mr Nuno. And where is he going next? So, is he going anywhere at all? Uh, Jack? Uh, where I think Nuno will go next is um, retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll be here forever. That's what I hope. I think he'll only leave when he's pushed. I don't see why he'd want to leave. There's been rumours before when we were in the championship about him play going to a higher level, you know. But we're at as high a level as Arsenal these days. I was on the pod a few weeks ago where I said, you know, beating Arsenal would be a scalp. But you know, we're fifth. We deserve to be there. Why would you want to move to a club where the pressures are significantly higher because you're expected to finish fourth? If you know we finish in the Europa League again this year, it's a success. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think I said it as I said it on the uh, on the live show that we don't grow new now before. Oh, <laughs> he controversial. Leaves, he leaves us, but the more and more he looks like it, you, you think, well, we're in the same European competitions as Arsenal and Man United and everyone else. So, um, for me, it's just it's just paper talking in the extreme, Gully. Cute that is, young Jake thinking he'd never leave us. Oh. Never the innocent and the younger. Never. Don't worry, I'll get your heart. I'll get t- torn out before you know it. Oh mate, um, yeah. I actually think uh, I question whether you know, bookies odds are bookies odds, but whether Nuno is actually on the radar of some of these clubs. Um, one because obviously it's going to take a lot to take him away. Um, but if you look at this uh, Saturday as an example, if he was playing. If he was managing an Arsenal side, a Man United side, in that same scenario, 2-0 up at half-time against 10-man Bournemouth, he would have been expected to go and kill that team. Yeah. Absolutely, go for the jugular, go for a 4-5-0, which is not something we do uh, at Wolves, and he never has really shown that he's that, that we're going to kind of step up to that kind of um, you know level of performance. And I actually think that might hinder him, um, probably to our benefit in terms of bigger clubs actually coming in and, and trying to take him off our hands. Well, I think that was one of his criticisms, I suppose you could say, when he was from the, the uh, Porto fans especially, saying that we never kill games off and it was always, as soon as you went 2-0 up, you play it safe, you don't go forward. But I was thinking about that, you, it's what, the, the game against Bolton and Leeds at home in the Championship when we went forward and absolutely obliterated them um, and the Leicester 4-3. But there ain't many, if you think about it, like you said, that... Where we've pushed on and scored a hatful, so yeah, I, I think those games were kind of more of a consequence rather than Nuno setting the team yeah. out to go and absolutely obliterate anybody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I said that. I mean, my uncle was saying the same thing. Oh, it's it's got to be four or five. I bet you now we don't score again. Because I mean, did anyone else go to Bournemouth? I managed to watch it somewhere. Yeah, 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 there's, yeah. there's ways. There's, there's ways and means. <laughs> Um, but it, it was for for the first time I've experienced with that kind of thing. It was no one in the stands expected to, us to go on and force and 
I think, yeah, let's go and smash them now. Let's go and do them nine or whatever. No one, half time, everyone was just chilled. We did score them. Yeah. <laughs> we did. Um, <laughs> we'll be gone onto that later. Um, but yeah, there was no. There was no expectation whatsoever because we know what we're like against ten men anyway. At the best of times, we can we can't do it. And yeah, uh, Jake, this is not a new phenomenon. We've never been able to play against ten men. Even in my limited time as a you know, in the last ten, fifteen years, I've been following Wolves. I've never seen us really annihilate anyone. No, when we we get no recent years anyway. When we get down to ten men, it's almost the end of the world. Yeah, <laughs> but fifteen years, you're only twelve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, innocence of youth again. Matt? Um, well, for me, I mean, you know, football's evolving and football's moving on now. Like, the traditional Sky 6, you know, are fast dissolving. You know, those clubs at the top of the league aren't as attractive prospects as they were before. And, you know, your Man United's and your Arsenal's now, um, uh, their glory years seem to be looking behind them as opposed to looking forward. And I'm thinking to yourself... What is it about Arsenal that is such an attractive prospect? Obviously, that's what people, who are people linking to Nuno at the moment. And I was thinking about it. And if Nuno had his heart set on London to go to, and the bright lights of Wolverhampton aren't enough for him, then Arsenal wouldn't be the club he'd go to anyway. And I was thinking about this because the best stadium would be Spurs, the best you know facilities, etc. The best youth system would probably say would be Chelsea. You know, attractive prospects at Chelsea to to work with. And as a, as a club prospect, I'd probably say Spurs again in terms of. They have money and they will spend. They won't spend as much as probably they, co- they can do, but they'll spend a damn sight more than Arsenal on better players. And I just think that, that Arsenal wouldn't be an attractive prospect when they're on a decline anyway. I you. think, Matt, you made a really good point there where anybody who was at the Emirates um, when we played them a couple of weeks ago absolutely let them off the hook. Um, you will know that the Emirates is a really poisonous place at the yeah. moment. It feels like... There's sixty thousand troops or Claude, whoever it is that guy is that's on AFTV after the game, just sitting there, just in replicate, replicate, just bad mouthing every single thing that happens. They're not good. They're not a good team. I really don't no. think they're a good team at all. And Emery needs to go sooner rather than later. But you're right. It's not. It's not an attractive job at the moment. It really isn't. I mean, I think one of the. Um, I think it was Michael Cox said about this on the um, Totally Show that, about that game. And the biggest noise was the booze at the end. And it was almost like they'd been when they got, when they equalised. They they it was almost taken away from them because they couldn't boot as loudly. I mean, other place is a joke. It's been a joke for years. Um, and I've said it before. But my mate who was an Arsenal fan and I used to go down there with him and um, on Champions League nights occasionally for free and. I wouldn't pay to watch it even then. I wouldn't pay to watch it because you, you're sitting amongst a group of people who are just arrogant. Toxic, in it? Yeah. I mean, that, the only time that they sang against us was when they put Come On Arsenal, Come On Arsenal on the screens. And that, even that was just, it was like... <laughs> it's like Panto, putting it up yeah. like... It was like Baby Club on CBeebies. Yeah. Like, co- copy and paste. And it was, it seemed like the same at the weekend. And there's no... I, I mean, you think Emery, Emery's going to eventually leave there it probably gone by the time we finish recording this, but <laughs> yeah. um, for me, that that place, I don't know why anyone would take it on at the mini. It's well, M- Matt made the point, isn't it? There's there's only a few clubs, I would say, in the league, other than Liverpool and Man City, that are an attractive prospect for a manager. Uh, you know, um, Mourinho's gone in at Tottenham as a need must because he wants to get back into management and he wants bigger and better things. But, you know, there's teams in this league that are on the way up. It's, you know, us, um, Leicester, 
at Chelsea now. Now Lampard's in charge. He's bringing the youth players through. They're attractive prospects because they've got good foundations. The teams like your Arsenal's, your Man United, your Everton's that you know in history would have been your standard top six aren't as attractive a prospect anymore because they've thrown money at it and it's not working. So there's obviously something fundamentally wrong, as you've said, obviously with the fan the base culture, or with it? the culture. There's there's something fundamentally wrong where if you were a manager, if you could pick, you know, out of that those six teams, Wolves, Leicester and Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea, you're not going to get out of Lampard out, but of Wolves and Leicester, we're w- much more attractive prospects. Yeah, I mean, it, you even look at things like, um, there was a stat I read earlier that Man United spent more money on defenders this summer than Sheffield United over their entire history. Yeah. And you look at them and the way they play. I mean, I, I don't really get that. The, I mean, they, they look a very organised, very functional, good attacking team. But they're not they're not introducing tiki-taka to the world. No. Um, but they've got spirit and heart and everyone's a part of the thing. And like you said, that you look at the old guard, Everton, they want him out. I mean, rightly so, because the bloke's a joke. Yeah. Um, Man United, it's just... I mean, for us who suffered through Man United in the nineties, yeah, this is it's glorious. Yeah, but noodle partner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Noodle, <laughs> noodle partner. You got the. Um, there's, I don't think there's a partner for anything that's not taken at that place, all over the world. Even like a loo roll partner. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, oh, I'm there definitely will be a loo roll partner. Yeah. The loo roll partner. Yeah, because if you look at if you look at because there's a load of these things. If you look it up on YouTube. Man, it's put Man United in a different language, and it, all the adverts from all over the world come up. And there's there's of stuff, course, yeah. there's stuff that you don't you you don't know what they are. It's like Egyptian cotton lube, <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> imported up the River Nile, literally up the River Nile. <laughs> <laughs> well, just one thing on on like the kind of feeling I think from other Wolves fans scouring Twitter and scouring. I don't think anybody's naive enough to think that should somebody come knocking like United and said he's an open checkbook you know you can do what you like with it he wouldn't be an attractive prospect but at the moment is there anything you know we're growing as Nuno's growing and I think there's no there's absolutely no reason at the progression rate that we're on that he'd want to abandon the project at this point well no he's got he's got free reign to yeah, do whatever he absolutely. wants and he's got all his friends with him and yeah. amazingly the, not another family is still here apparently um, but it's not just him, is it? Like you said, when he's one manager of the month, and you got the twelve, fifteen backroom staff as yeah. well, and the kit man, yeah, and um, yeah. It, for me, it was just a, a, another media non-starter that just got blown out of proportion because Arsenal is such a joke at the minute. It is strange that he has been put down as bookie's favourite, and we, you know, Dean Saunders, the pearl of wisdom that he is. You know, the bookies aren't usually wrong, are they? Uh, but. <laughs> I mean, I haven't checked the no, uh, the odds today, but you know, I know that um, Talksport were all over it last night, and another media outlets. You know, it is a hot topic, but I think it is just kind of a it's a it's a cliche thing that you put two and two together. You think of a manager that's performing well at a club that aren't traditionally, uh, you know, a, a higher up the table or or like a powerhouse, and you do come to Nuno. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. but I think it is just a bit of you know. A bit of chit chat that's not going to you know, accumulate to anything. There is one way I think there will be a negative impact upon us when managers are getting sacked, and that's when we come to play teams who have just sacked their manager. Because I think if you look at West Ham next midweek, mm-hmm. um, I see that if Pellegrini is still in charge as an absolute banker yeah. of a win at home, but if they make a change before then, 
you're probably talking they're, they're going to be a much tougher proposition. Obviously, we've got Tottenham coming up in a couple of weeks. With Pochettino, the way things were going, I th- I'd have fancied us again, you know, to go away to Tottenham and, and get something. But they made a change, and Mourinho will probably have them sorted out by the time that we get to actually play mm, them, true. unfortunately. Yeah, so. It'll be a 1-0 Tottenham, yeah. they'll, be, they'll be well, well drilled yeah. compared to not drilled whatsoever. Um, but I think, going on to part two, the, um, the biggest statement of Nuno's going nowhere is our Lord and Saviour <laughs> signing probably till the end of his career. And I was, I was sitting there on the couch on the way back and it all, everyone was getting all delirious. Oh, what's going on now? I was trying to have a sleep. And then it came through and I thought, well, what a perfect time to, to shoehorn this news in after, after that performance that he put in. Yeah. He, he, he is the best player Wolves have ever had. I mean, he, someone say you, you could write a whole <coughs> blog piece about him. Oh, well, 100%. He's, hey, it'll be worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's happened now. It, wasn't, it, was, it was embellished. <laughs> because I hadn't written a lot, but it's, it's up somewhere. I think um, if you look at Saturday as a script, it's as if it was written by Matino himself. Um, not not that he's one for the limelight, really. He, he doesn't really seem to to court attention, and he has never done before. He's come to Wolves, even he's played for some really you know top clubs. But the way that <laughs> free kick you know, just dipped into the corner, Jesus, <laughs> absolutely incredible! It was but a cross. I can't believe Cody wow. actually said Seriously? that. It was a cross. There is no way that, that <laughs> it was a cross. I cannot believe you. He said shanked that. it. It's a cross. <laughs> Look, I love him to pieces, but it was a cross. I mean, I don't think it was. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the like the angle that was on match of the day doesn't give it nearly the justice that the angle that was going around social from from the actual Wolves uh, part of the stadium, the angle uh, that it gives on match of the day. Um, no, that that was from a Bournemouth fan recorded that. Was it? Yeah, because we we were the opposite side to that. Oh, okay. Is there a, like a vlog attached to it with him in absolute tears? Can <laughs> we watch that? It was it was very stable video for someone who's just watching it in the stand. Well, it makes a lot more sense because no limbs going like to and fro in from that. Yeah, because we're on we're on broadcast side at Bournemouth. Oh, okay. Because that's what because when obviously it's from down the far mm. end from where we were and you can. I mean, you sort of whipped in. Like, it was like pretty much the, the same for their goal. Um, and as soon as it hit the night, it was like it was almost shock limbs, if anything yeah. else. Yeah. It was just like, it was, it was like a Neves thing where you expect, no one yeah. expected it, not from there. No, definitely not. Um, it was a great goal, to be fair. And, you know, we had a great, I mean, I know we're going to talk about the game in a little bit more detail, but, you know, he had just a fantastic game. And, like, you couldn't be more right in that, you know, You'd almost think that they've given him a contract on the back of that game. It was that good, like saying, oh, "You yes. know what? We'll go ahead with it." But yeah, I mean, he must have such a positive influence on the younger players in the team, like a seasoned veteran with all of the ability that he has. Um, and I just wonder: is this going to be a is this going to be a segue into any kind of coaching role? Exactly. I was just about to say exact same thing. He sure finished his career as a player coach. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's kind of in his in his thinking now or his aspirations but you know it would be a really good opportunity to do so yeah I mean you, you think with his what you're saying about his family's being settled and everything here I mean my cousin teaches his daughter music oh okay and as you said I mean, both of them or the whole family come to every meeting and all these parent stuff and so none of them shirk it they're all completely involved in the community and everything and you think well we signed players like that in the past when we had like Stefan Everson coming over and you think oh Larging it up from Spurs, you think, oh, the big boys, and no, rubbish. And you sign someone like Matinho for, again, five million quid. Um, I feel like 
we operate a bit like the uh, the All Blacks uh, a no dickhead policy. I yeah, think. absolutely. And <laughs> we do now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've seen plenty across across the years. Obviously, we, we, we've been burnt enough times. <laughs> yeah, and you can see, uh, you know, Martino, he, It's it's well known. He's he's on a decent whack, decent, very good pay um, scale at the moment, but. You, there's no ways of graces about him. Uh, I think you're right about the coaching thing. I think he strikes me as a bit of a... He's a footballer's footballer in the sense that he kind of immerses himself in the game. Mm-hmm. He und- he's probably an anorak, you know. He probably knows every yeah. other yeah. player inside out. Um, <laughs> and it, it pl- he plays that way accordingly. He, he seems to, you know, preempt everything that, uh, that an opposition midfielder might do uh, against him. So he's just an absolute genius. Pure it, genius. The, um, I mean, you look always amazed when... They all came out at the start of last season saying that he was the joker in the dressing room. Yeah, I saw think, that, yeah. Where's that come from? And you you got a guy who's <clears throat> never worked in England before, who speaks almost perfect English. For a guy of that age as well, when you've got his best mate, Patricio, who, who can barely speak English at all, um, speaks perfect English, has a laugh with everyone, is integral to the, the team, and is the best player by a long, long way on the pitch and in the dressing room. And you think... How is he here? I mean, we're not with Mendes, but how we, it's you it's, can't you can't you look his stars, don't you? It's just it's like dreamland. He's, he's he's like he's like a captain without the armband, isn't he? Every time he's on the pitch, he makes everybody else play better, yeah. and we miss him when he's not there. He's he's one of the best players in the league, I think. Yeah, he definitely is. <coughs> certainly in the midfield area, he'd, he'd walk he'd walk into the Man United midfield. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we certainly would. Absolutely, no doubt. hundred percent. Because he'd be the he sort of be the sort of midfielder that they've wanted. He, he, he's not the best. Technical, it wouldn't be the best technical player at Man United. Wouldn't be the quickest. Wouldn't be the fittest. Wouldn't be the strongest. But he'd be the hardest working. He'd get everybody else going. That's what he does in the Wolves midfield. But he wouldn't. That's something he wouldn't need to be any of those no. things. because yeah. he's just and he'd be the smartest. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. He's just and he's he's even like oh yeah he's he's good for thirty whatever he is. No, he's just good because he's the best player we've ever had. And he's one of the best in the league by a mile. Yeah, and you you're trying to think. That. I mean, I've slagged Neves off quite a lot in the last two years um, but you didn't even notice him on Saturday whatsoever because Martinho was just so good but Neves let him and that, that was the difference I think he said when he does things like that and he, he lets him lets him flow and we just go straight into Bournemouth why not um, <laughs> some of the balls that he was putting through and you think just the vision in itself you think no one else on the pitch, even Nevers? You can't. You, well, it's one of those things you can't teach. And him and Nevers have both got the ability, but Nevers isn't getting himself into the positions to play the passes. Whereas Matinho will. He's a sort of midfielder that would clear the ball off the line one end and then slide in your striker the other end within the same move because he just he just works hard. And you know, I think we you know we've slagged off Nevers as you say. We can get more out of him. I think he plays better in a two because he gets further forward. But Matinho's just great going forward and defensively he just makes everybody else he's like a sort of Michael Carrick how Michael Carrick was at Man United he just when yeah, he's in the team everybody around him just feels safer yeah I think you, you can tell as well by the fact that Portugal <coughs> clearly don't want to let him go either mm, as well yeah, he yeah. gets called up every, he's getting to the age <coughs> where he doesn't necessarily need to be playing international football they've got good options in there they've got you know William Cavallo Bruno Fernandes Ruben Neves obviously as well that's you know they've got some pretty decent players in there but he'll still get a call up and he'll still play games. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a, a good point as well because when he came here, he wasn't playing for him, was he? No. I mean, for Monaco, he, he just, it was like his international career was over. He was coming here for one last hurrah and he's he's worked his way back into the national side. It's He's had a career renaissance after joining us, really. Yeah. When you think of a look at what we've, 
if you say that kind of again, why Nuno wouldn't leave? What he has done for everyone else at the club. You look at Doherty. Yeah, absolutely. He's transformed like a number of players in, in you know into what we thought. Probably not lost causes, but I don't think anybody would have predicted Doherty would be the player that he is now. Cody was a lost cause. Well, well, yeah, I suppose he is completely. Yeah, um, and I know he's been under a bit of flat Cody lately, but he's you know by far a better player than before Nuno came to the club. One hundred percent. He's a completely different player as well. He transformed. Remember that um, summer when Jacket was still in charge, Forest had just taken over. We played two friendlies very close together, and the second one was just a different eleven, um, full of the kids. And Cody played in that game yeah. as if like he was the forgotten man, you know, mm. just have a run out because we need to give the, less, the rest of the lads a rest. Played full back with like, I don't know, <clears throat> Niall Ennis probably was playing up front with <laughs> yeah. some other players. But he was essentially, you know, looking at uh, the exit door, really. But it was really weird when Nuno came in and, you know, you saw Cody playing centre half. You're there thinking, is he a stopgap until we buy someone? Like, is he just putting him there for now to sort of see how the system works? But he's been integral. I, I, I can't remember a time where he's missed a game through injury or ban. No. And he's been, he, he's rested for Benny when he needed to come out the side. Yeah, anyway. in the Reading game, yeah. But again, that's worked because <clears throat> yeah. ever since then, he, he has, he's played himself back into form. And yeah. But you look at that that game on the whole. I that first half, it was almost. I mean, I've got tough ache anyway. It's got it being sorted on Thursday. But um, I was open mouth for the pretty much the entire first half. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was an amazing first half, and it was so free free flowing. And you know, we opened them up on numerous occasions. And it was so strange because it was apart from Villa, who who were awful. It was so anti-Wolves, that game, in that we had a storm in first half and then dropped off in the second and kind of lost focus in the second half. Um, just opened them up so easily. Uh, the um, the second goal, the free, the quick free kick yeah. to allow Traore in. Um, you know, watching um, the highlights back and looking at, you know, Traore's and him, it looks like he's not even paying attention and when he's ready to take the free kick, he's looking. Matino knows exactly where he's going to go and he, he couldn't be an easier chance for uh, for him and it's a slightly in. Great delivery, great run by Troy Ware as well. Um, and then the second half where we kind of, you know, people say it's a cliche that when you go down to 10 men, you know, a, a team, it's like being um, punch drunk or being, you know that you're hurt. So you kind of react in one or two ways. You either fall apart or then you actually rouse yourself together. And, and that's what Bournemouth did. But I, I don't know if there was an element of conserving energy or, or just switching off or... I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as arrogance, but we didn't seem... Uh, uh, as much concentration in the second half for me. Yeah. Well, you, you, you obviously you mentioned Traore, and we were just talking about transformed players. And who'd have thought last year the player we saw would be the player we're seeing this year? You know, he's been integral to everything we've done, and you know, having Martino there to play that pass for him to get through. You know, when he was through, through, and you saw him in the box, I, I honestly, genuinely thought there was no other outcome than we were going to score here. Yeah, because you just, you just know, Traore's in form. He's going to slot this across. It wasn't even that great of a ball. And Jimenez had to do quite a lot with it because he took it with his left foot. Obviously, it's coming across him. It's a great finish. Everyone, they're all in form. We're going to finish fourth, Champions yeah. League. Well, <laughs> who said it on stage? <laughs> well, it's like I've scored enough sweaty goals on FIFA to know that oh, it's going mate. in. To be fair, white bumper, cross low. <laughs> I'd never heard that phrase until last year. You'd never heard of sweaty goals. No, that's the pr- that is the prime sweaty goal. That would have been controller up the wall. Yeah, <laughs> storm off. We, we had a less politically correct term for that, but <laughs> yeah. I definitely uh, yeah, would not no. be saying. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that is a term that needs obliterating from existence. <laughs> but oh, well, when you th- let's just talk about the red card. 
how stupid can you possibly be? I mean, yeah. You, when you know you're on a yellow, you don't put your hands over somebody who uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say is is like not lino. They're not always on the floor. However, you know he will go down if required. Uh, on, on the on the on the on the Grealish scale of zero to Grealish, yeah, on, on he's zero to Grealish, seven. yeah, I'd say I'd say he's on a seventh on, on the Grealish scale. Um, you know, it, it's just stupid, and and it, it purely was a necessity because there's no they didn't have the ability to actually tackle. Like they, all they could do throughout that game was was block off. I mean, I, I thought he, he on another day, if that had been another hour into the game, he could have got sent off for the first one. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was absolutely, an absolutely yeah. shocking challenge. And you think because we were sure of a penalty or not penalty from where we were, but you look at it and I thought Jota. I don't think Jota had that much, that great a game really. Um, I know he, he scored for the, the, the goal that never was, um, but he, he's considering it improved recently. I thought he was, he was he was a bit selfish at times as mm. well. I think because of everyone's talking about you know how consistent and how well Jimenez is doing at the moment. I think he's in a position where he needs a goal or he needs a performance so he feels that he's improving as a player or he's, he's at, at the same quality and perhaps that's what he's thinking if you know if you feel he's being selfish then maybe that's the case I mean would we be saying the same if that goal had stood maybe not but you no, know probably not I think if you you go back to the start of the game and you see uh, Bournemouth lining up in a 3-4-3 you just kind of think what on earth is Eddie Howe doing because they're, they're a four four two team. Yeah. They're a four four two team, and it, Man United did it against Sheffield United as well. They reverted to a back yeah, three team. because they're trying to match up with Sheffield United, and two teams there who have played it, you know, week after week for the last two three years, you know, know the system inside out. You you're on a hiding to nothing there, I think, um, and they looked well out, well short of it, Bournemouth. Francis, go, go back to him. I think he hadn't played for about eleven months or something stupid. Yeah, like that. he won't play He's again for in the Premier while. League at least. And he looked like a player who had not played Premier League football for that long, and you know, <laughs> maybe won't for for another eleven yeah. months at all. So um, you know, Jota might have set him into Premier League retirement in a way there. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, first half. Just, Again, I, I almost feel like we should be capitalising more on on some of our situations, yeah. which is the only yeah. frustration. But. But at the start at the start of the season, when we were, things were a bit rocky, that'd have been two all that game. That would have been that would have been two all, and we'd have well, we'd have come right into a two 0 lead. No, that, yeah, you're right because I mean, obviously, yeah. for, I think it helped having a good first half. Obviously, yeah. we, we we changed completely what we've been doing all season and had that good first half. If we hadn't had that, you're right, we'd have probably probably been a completely different scenario. But. I would I would like to just um, yeah, applaud. Um, your man in the middle, Simon Hooper. Yeah, but uh, actually picking Bournemouth up oh, some of the mm. crap that they've been getting away like with shit out, for years. So you know, it's, it's not and it's not just against us. Yeah, I feel like we've been particularly harshly done from the Championship. Um, I always go back to that game when Van Lepar and Doherty both got sent off um, when we were one 0 up against them. Uh, Danny Graham scored the goal <laughs> if you remember. Was that Middlesbrough? No, or was that? Re- oh, sorry, I was thinking of a different game where two people got sent off. That was when we got promoted. That was just how shit the championship was. That was Doherty and uh, yeah. someone else got promoted. Um, Nevis. And yeah, it, and to be fair to... They're on, on their own backyard as well, um, where it's so much easier to just go with the home team uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to the decisions and stuff. Uh, he stood up to it, gave the yellow cards when they need to be given. Philip Billing was the next one who's going to go if yeah. he didn't get dragged at half-time. Uh, he was 
he, he couldn't get anywhere near any of our midfielders um, and you know it, it, it says a lot that in an era where referees are getting a hell of a lot of stick um, and he wasn't without criticism obviously in the early part of the second half but he, he, he did a good job to be yeah, fair to him you beat me too with that one because it does seem like it's like with Sean Dyche and, and diving where he seems the only one who says anything about it where it does seem like Wolves fans are the only people who, who don't like this Bournemouth nonsense and it's, it has been going on for way way too long and yeah. I think it goes back to the old thing if it wasn't Eddie Howe England's rose would he would it have been pulled up by now because it's just it's just cynical it's ridiculous Mourinho would not get away with it no 100% but there's no need for it. That's the main thing. There's absolutely no... You can understand if they were fighting for their lives at the bottom, but they're not. They're just Bournemouth. They're just in the middle. They're, they're not going down. They're not challenging for Europe. And there's no need for this cynical nonsense and throwing themselves at the floor all the time. It just... It winds everyone up. And it's not working now. As you can see, where, where are they? They're plateauing at mid-table, and that's where they're going to stay because this, this shit's not going to carry on for much longer, especially with VAR. But they were still doing it, even even when down to ten men, they were still throwing themselves down with every anticipating touches and it was just it was nice to see, like you said. But <sighs> that decision to blow when when you flag for offside in the VAR era, you don't blow your whistle. The thing is, to to back him up for just a moment, how long has that guy probably been refing? Probably I don't know, fifteen years. Comfortably, uh, you know, regularly. The this level. is the uh, yeah at the top level, less than that. But still, you get into a, a, a frame of mind where if you see something, you blow, you deal with it. It's a completely different scenario now. I, I don't envy referees this year because they've been put in a situation where they're never going to be liked because VAR is still being tested, and it's you know not a hundred percent where it could be. It's not the best thing in the world, and You're he's right. got into he's got into a mentality You're like. Right. He's got well, a blow. I think there's two things to this. Um, two people have made a mistake there. The linesman for putting his flag up straight away, which is they were advised against it. They're told that to to let the play continue, and then if they think something has happened, then to put their flag up um, at the right moment. Um, there's a very easy thing to do, which was let the play go on. If the ball's in the back of the net, come back to your position, put your flag up, tell the referee, I think he was offside then you can have a look at it. Um, but I do, again, think agree with you on that. It's instinctive that it's the habit, referee will just make that decision. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's habit for the lino. The lino's yeah. first reaction is that's offside straight up. It's almost muscle memory. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I, I understand that. And you're absolutely right as well. You know, whether it's clear and obvious or not, the guidelines state that you should wait until the ball has gone out of play before you, before you issue, you know, you, you raise the flag. But for me, like muscle memory or not, habit or not, these are professional yeah. referees in the supposed best league in the world in my job if there's a major change and I don't do the changes and, and act on them straight away I get disciplined for it why is it any different for, for, for a referee you know there are rules that are in place these are in a privileged position that won't get paid footballers money but they'll get you know they'll be paid you know money to do a role and if they're not doing it correctly why aren't they called upon you know there's why, a, why I think there's a much it? wider debate about our obsession with refereeing decisions and the subsequent need for the FA to protect referees all the time because there is no protection for them, and the FA feel the need to back them up, regardless of how they perform. I mean, I, I honestly believe that. Um, and the other thing is back to offside decisions. I don't think it's humanly possible for some of these offside calls to actually be made. There's no way referees can react, can watch the ball being played, 
and the the run being made it, at, in in such a split you know fast moving game for them to see I can make a judgment call and say that's offside. I mean, so I now if, it, you, yeah. if, you, if you've got technology then, make, then allow that to, to you know make the decision. Yeah. Well it's a catch 20, it's a catch 22 in in one way because if if you get a, a linesman that doesn't make the call and then VAR rules it as offside he's you know he's buggered the other way because he hasn't seen it and hasn't you know what I mean so I, I get where you're coming from I just think that you know an imp- a better implementation of the rules and I think a better understanding needs to be in place for it and, and it has to start with the referees it has to start with the assistant referee but this is it, it is the first time I've seen this happen this mm-hmm. season where it should have been let go and he's blown up and we've missed out on the, I mean yeah you might think about Grealish at Palace but ha 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 <laughs> but for I mean, the flag he flagged for Jota which was completely wrong yeah. and I, I didn't notice that until someone pointed it on Twitter earlier and he flagged for Jota which was nowhere near I mean yeah if he had been reviewed by VAR he would have gone phases of play and Jimenez might have been a toenail off and whatever but you play to what the rules are and it's just a mistake but and the, and another day it would have cost us and it's you got to think. I'm amazed it's not been plugged. I think it was pulled up by one website, one BBC maybe, one website. The point was, it wasn't even on our highlight section. No, our, our highlight section was minimal. At it best. feels like it's you know we're being censored, guys. Yeah, you know the <laughs> FA are coming into our frigging uh, yeah, SAS through the windows. <laughs> <Yeah>. Shut <laughs> us up, sure. You can never take our freedom. Yeah, but I think we're on we're on enough time now, so I think we'll have a little break. Hey everyone, it's David here. Now, you already know by now if I'm on the show or I'm not on the show and my voice is here, you know, one of those silly ghost things. Anyway, I'm just here to say um, we've got a lovely website and our friends over at Pixel Yeti Media do that. And if you're looking for web design or your business needs a new logo or a bit of marketing, go take a look at pixelyetimedia.com. And also, they're not just web designers, they're also a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites to brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So, take a moment after this podcast and go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. Okay. Um, wandering to dance time. Then... For the first, I think is this the first time where we've actually got participants who are actually going there. Yeah, we're all going to be jet set at different times um, tomorrow, half past three in the morning. Departure time, but departure time for me. But it's um, Thursday morning, uh, seven o'clock from Luton. I'm going to watch it on a stream. <laughs> <laughs> it's on BT. I'll watch it on BT then. It's, it's messed up, Brook, is it? Or no, no, I'll uh, I'll watch it in my house. <laughs> Well, I'd love to. I'd love to know how many people from from Wolverhampton and, and, and beyond are going to be going to this. Because if I was a burglar, I'd be playing my trade in Wolverhampton by the by what you read on Twitter and everything else at the moment. Because every man and their dog has bought a ticket in the home end, it seems, which is exactly what I've done. Um, <laughs> and we had the email uh, going around saying that the fans from the UK that have bought tickets will be housed with the, with the away fans. Hopefully, when we get there, so you know, it should be an, an incredible atmosphere when we're there. I think. The way it's been hyped up, it's like the Portuguese MK Dons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there could be five, six thousand there if you believe everything that you read. But, I mean, how long are you staying for? So I'm going Wednesday, coming back um, Friday evening. So two nights. 
for two nights. Back for Sheffield United. I, well, I'm working, sadly. This is I've had to put all my holiday and eggs in this basket uh, for this one, unfortunately. Billy? I'm out Thursday, back Saturday, back for Sunday afternoon. See, that's it. That's how you do. I wish I could. Back, well, back for Sunday morning football, then Sheffield United. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's gone above and beyond levels of commitment there. But <laughs> you look at it, one point. We need one point. What team do you go with? I go as strong as possible. I think, personally, because I want top spot. And I see, you know, you look at a Champions League where you could have Inter Milan, Barcelona or Dortmund dropping into Europa League mm-hmm. from a group. Um, let's, you know, I think we all see that there's a route to real deep progression into the tournament. So let's make it as easy for ourselves as possible. To get Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're listed as fourth favourite. Going back to the bookies odds because they're <laughs> always right. They are. Um, <laughs> we're listed as fourth favourites. Um, no, no, it's, it's amazing. And, and it's, it's frankly ridiculous, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know how we're behind Man United. Fucking hell. <laughs> we're... When we used to be fourth favourites to win the championship, I thought, oh, that's, this is silly stuff. Calm down. <laughs> silly stuff. <laughs> and now we're complaining that Man United are more likely to win the Europa League than we are. And Arsenal exactly. as well, by the way. Well, that's, ri- that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> well, no, no, Mr. Emery has a reputation in this tournament, you see. That's yeah. the one thing he will get do well in this year, if he's, he's still there. He's amazingly <laughs> still loved in Spain. Yeah, but to be fair, he, he, no, but he's never done a bad job in Spain. So no. You can't, you can't argue with that. PSG, I think he weren't great. No, he, he had a bad time. Well, that's a, that's a, a basket case club anyway, for the best of times. He, uh, he's, he's, he's obviously going to be loved in Spain because they don't give a shit about the Premier League. It's like Tottenham fans would still take Gareth Bale back, even though he's very clearly toxic. <laughs> well, like, you just forgive and forget he's gone. He's, he's out of sight, out of mind. I, I love the fact that he he really couldn't give two fucks about holding that banner up. Nah, have you seen all the videos of, since he's been back at Real Madrid or how they've been treating him? He just couldn't give less of a shit. Just, I'm still picking up a million quid a week. <laughs> Wales, golf, Madrid. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Why not? <laughs> Going back to um to bar- the, the game, I'd definitely put the strongest team out possible because realistically, if we beat Braga, we'll top the group barring a disaster in the uh, the home leg to Besiktas, is it? Yeah. Um. So you, you put the strongest team out and, you know, th- there is a definite easier way through this tournament and that is to finish top of the group. And, you know, with some of the teams that are dropping down, there are some proper difficult challenges that are potentially ahead. One might argue that, well, look how we've relished against some elite teams like, your, you know, cities, uh, live, well, not Liverpool, I suppose, in the FA Cup recently, but, you know, Man United, are they an elite team? Probably not anymore. That's another conversation. But, you know, we want to get as far in this po- in this tournament as physically possible, and to do that, you win the group. So, you know, I don't see why you wouldn't put a top team out. I'd mix and match. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd rest Traore for Neto, things like that. Just sort of give keep keep the core of the team. Keep obviously your Cody, so, Sice, Dendonka, people like that. What if I said to you? I mean, I'm having a look at the team that started against Braga last time round. Our bench featured Jota, Sice, Matinho, and Traore. Right. <laughs> Yeah. We all saw what happened that day. But did they... <laughs> we were so creatively stifled in that game. We were dreadful, I thought. Yeah, really, but it's, really okay, it's about resting the right players then. Is it maybe play some of them, leave some of them off the bench and then bring other ones on for the ones that have played? Do you know what I mean? Just, just I think it's a difficult one for me because I would always prioritise the Premier League just because I think if we, it, 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 we, it's one of them. Obviously, obviously, I want to do well in the Europa League, and I think we will because I think our squad is, like you know, I think there's enough 
sort of enough squad depth there where you can bring, say, your Netos in and your Catronis, even though he hasn't scored a hatful for us. There's still quality there. You know, Gibbs White might have a good game. Just Ooh, wow. might have, wow. might, hey, no, on, there's, might. There's someone who did start that last game. Might, <laughs> but I say might. We're still waiting. It could happen. But yeah, obviously Patricio, um, Cody... I'd play Martinho, start him anyway, just get a good footing in the game. I but I just this... don't play the full 11, because then you've got to play a completely weakened team against Sheffield. Do you have to? Isn't there something to be said for... We're on a really good run at the moment. Really I... good. We're playing really, really well. Let's just keep on keep I, rolling. I don't with... disagree with anything you're saying, but you've got to think about fatigue. You know, Jimenez lost it for a couple of weeks because he you know, played internationals. He was playing couple, twice a week. He went off the ball a bit. Are we risking some of the players that are really informed going off the ball because we're playing them too often? I'm, I'm looking at West Ham next midweek and I'm thinking, you know, drop a couple in then. I th- honestly. Because yeah. I think you can almost get away with it more. Yeah, honestly. I, I, I was in your boat for a long time, Jag. I mean, I, I thought, well, yeah, this is the game where you can bring Kilman in and but with the situation we face now, you can't really do that unless you're going to bring Bennett in. But again, how we, de- how we dealt with playing in Turkey and then on the Sunday and then how he played in the Children's Dome and then played on Sunday and came away with decent performances for both we can play we can play two games in three days easily now with this team because I don't think fatigue bothers us I think it, a lot of the stuff at the start of the season was mental more than anything else but can we do can we do three games in a week it's, it's different because then we've obviously got West Ham midweek next week it's, it's a lot of games you seem to have forgotten that we've Living in the championship yeah. for the last like, well, 20, yeah, last like, twenty years. But we had we also had a bigger squad. But we we had a bigger we had a bigger and better squad to deal with that. But when we were in the championship, we had these players that could come in. We we didn't use them, but we could have. And before that, obviously, we had bigger squads. It's, we, I, I'm a pessimist. I'm think, always going to have this mentality. We went through a whole championship season with three different central midfielders: Neves, Sace, and Undai. And they managed the whole season between. Yeah, but Endar was a monster. But there was nobody else to play there. No, you, but, you, you, that, if you're going to rotate that over a 46 game season, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure these guys can cope. Yeah, again, I don't doubt it. It's just it's a different level, you know. And Dai, Neves, and Sois maybe could have played with a little bit of a little played a little bit leggy because they're just they were too good for that league anyway. Do you know what I mean? You know, you've got um, three top quality players in the championship. They can play it, you know, in third gear and still probably walk that league. The other thing I would say, I don't, still don't think we've seen our best in the Europa League yet. No, I think no definitely played not. Well definitely in, not. In any of the games, for a, for a spell like we did at the Bournemouth game, yeah. uh, for example, in the first half, we haven't hit that kind of form in the Europa League at yep. all. Do you think we've played in a big enough game to warrant the players actually? Because we we play best in big games. Well, I think the Besiktas away would, you know, they would have felt, you know, welcome to hell and everything else. Yeah. And, you know, we're having a very different conversation if, if Bolly hadn't scored that goal. Do you know what I mean? So we haven't hit our stride in the Europa League thus far. And that's why I think we need to put a strong team out just to get us over the line, get us home. You know, if we, if we put a full strength team out and we are winning 2 or 3 nil, then let's, let's take a few of them off. You know, yeah. we are allowed free substitutes again, believe it or not. So, we, you know, we can take a few of the players off and, and you know, and, and see the result over the line. Um, and this this might just be me because I'm going over there and I don't want to see him put the Villa team out. Uh, oh no, as in, as I'm not talking. I'm not talking that just, wild. You know, I just like I just like us to see go over there, put in a storm performance, top the group, and do it in style. Late but, um, call, look, Chem Campbell's on your flight. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sorry, sir, you're being moved seats. We've got yeah, a VIP yeah. on board. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. 
Uh, one thing, on, one <laughs> thing that has been doing doing the the social rounds, um, the kind of atmosphere of what's it going to be like for some of these Wolves fans in this massive like away day? Is everybody going to be boozed up and it's going to be? Cool? I think it's going to be one of the best atmospheres because of the kind of Portuguese links between the two clubs, and I just think it's going to be a. Maybe I'm being way too optimistic, but I really like party atmosphere. I think it's going to be, you know, a really fun time out there. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel. What do, do, you, do, you, do you trust a, a, a you know a, a Wolves fan abroad with a load of booze in them? No. Wolverhampton is essentially a Portuguese expat community <laughs> now, though, isn't it? <laughs> really? So exactly. yeah, we're, we're going to be there. You know, probably, they might be wearing wool shirts in the Braga end. Who knows? <laughs> it's I, I, from what I understand, the Portuguese aren't you know the uh, inhospitable type. Mm-hmm. So. As long as we are welcomed in that way, I mean, I do reckon some Wolves fans probably got passports just for this season, so uh, they might not have been abroad for a while, and who knows what might happen as a result of that. But I can't see. It, it, we're a happy bunch, generally speaking, especially at the moment, and I can't see any real trouble. Erupting. Well, like you know, when I was looking for my accommodation, I'm stopping in an Airbnb, so I messaged a few of the people that we were, mess- you know, saying, "Listen, full disclosure, we're coming for the football." is it going to be okay that like six lads are going to be stopping? And they were like, yeah, no problem. Like, you know, they, but they're going to get it all the time in Porto. You know, I mean, they're going to have Champions League and the Europa yeah, League, exactly. you know, other fans come in, um, you know. So I think it's just going to be a great atmosphere when we're there. I was actually in Rome um, in February earlier this year at the Coliseum and it coincided with Porto playing Roma in the Champions League. And we're at the Coliseum just having a nice leisurely walk around. And all you could hear was a massive group of Porto fans just chanting the hell out of themselves around the Coliseum. I thought it was going to collapse at one point based on the reverberations <laughs> and stuff, but yeah, they can give it as well. You know, they obviously like to travel. I'm sure they're fervent supporters. It's not going to be any different from us. I, I don't I don't see it. No, I, I, I think everyone over there is going to have an amazing time. And I think because there's almost no pressure as well, only the pressure to win the group, I think that's all these. And for that... If there was something, if it was like we need to go over there and get a win, I think it might have been a bit more tense. And people, we know what people are like with it, the the inexperienced on the uh, on the booze trips. But nah, it'll be fine. It's just a storming a teacup again, as always. But we haven't caused any trouble anywhere else, have we? Exactly. I'm aware. If you can get to Turin and behave yourself and not do anything there, then if you, if you get to if you're that stupid that you're going to go to Port, Portugal of all places, uh, our second home and cause trouble. Then you need to stay there and get locked up. Don't yeah, go. If we can do Besiktas without anyone getting into trouble, yeah, that's we'll, true. We'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but moving on from that game, we talked about the rotation. Sheffield United on on Sunday night. I'm, you know what? I'm almost looking forward to it more because of how they've started, and they're not going to come and sit back against us and at our Achilles' heel of games like that. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really good game with the same players. Yeah, well, I think if we play a strong team, we we start as well as we did last week. Uh, yeah, I, I think we got every chance. They, they've got you know their centre halves wonder. <laughs> their centre halves wonder. Like I saw the heat map, a heat map of like Jack O'Connell, their left-sided centre back. He's basically playing left wing at times, and you just think that's just the prime game for Traore and Jota in behind, isn't it? It looked it looked like against that game against Man United where it looked like when you're playing at school, like, oh, I'm going to have five minutes up front now. Yeah. And then that, that's it. it's not, but they're doing these things, and it works. So yeah. maybe, so maybe it works. And I think we're giving Wilder enough credit here. I've got to be honest. <laughs> could come back to bite us. Honestly, I, th- I think he's a, he's a, he's a pretty smart guy. They they seem to do this thing where they um, they build up playing one part of the pitch, 
that's when they get their centre backs involved and they've got overloads uh, as a result because they've got cover on the other side they build up down down one side get across in, and then you can create a chance I think it really works really really well and I think you're right it's going to be a really good game Sunday I think you're really good. yeah it will be um, what I like about Sheffield United and, and it's now it's now the new in thing now to if you're a newly promoted team not to be over respectful of the league that you're in as in you know you shouldn't just sit back and let your belly be rubbed to be honest and you know <laughs> We did it last year. I know we've played a lot of counter-attacking football, but, you know, we attacked We attacked with Venom. And, and you know, Sheffield United, they aren't afraid of anybody. We aren't afraid of anybody. So it'll be a really, really good game. Watch it be a nil-nil now. That's not much to do. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they, don't, they don't fear big opposition uh, and go forward and scoring goals. But they do it in a good way. You know, Wilder isn't... He's not a mug. He has got them set up well. But I think one stat for me... Um, I don't know if they're the top for this, or they're definitely near the top for it. Um, are the most points behind, uh, coming from a from a behind position? So that worries me. In that, if we do go ahead, and we go ahead, maybe two 0 That if it was Bournemouth, we play the same that we do for Sheffield United. I think we we would suffer because I think if we switch off, you know, they they know how to come behind and win a game or draw a game at the very least. I, I I'm wondering if though you you're looking at our last game. Us going ahead in games was a given. That is a rarity. Recently, though. recently yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. been you know Wolves go in front, you ain't getting back into this game. Mm-hmm. You know if we look at the last time we played Sheffield United, I can't remember us being so dominant in a game. It was absolutely brilliant. It was the twenty. Was that the twenty pass? Um, one of the best goals, goals I've seen. Yeah. One of the best goals I've seen at Molyneux. That you know, aside from I wasn't there for the Nevers versus Derby goal, but <laughs> as a pure you know footballing purist kind of you know appreciation for. I think a manager appreciates that kind of goal a lot more than he will a you know a wonder volley from forty yards out because he's almost worked that yeah. plan up to 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 come to fruition. Um, I think Wilder said after that game we were the best team he'd ever seen at that kind of level. Um, so I, he'll resp- I think it's going to be a really intriguing uh, fixture and one for the top four race, obviously as well. <laughs> well I'm, the only you're looking at it, the only issue is in defence. Because what do you do? I mean, it's bring Kilman in, or you bring Bennett in and move Dendonka across. Kilman. I think personally, I have no qualms about Bennett coming in there. I think that's a no, really s- simple s- solution for me. It's it's a weird one for me because Bennett coming in and moving Dendonka over you. For me, that's moving too many people around. The like the solution for me is bring Kilman in, leave Dendonka where he is. Because if you bring Bennett in, he's got to really play right centre back because he's only played. I think Den Donk is showing he's just a good footballer though. I think yeah. he can do all that. I, I, I think yeah. he can as well but it's just it's how much you move around. You want to keep yeah. it as I, I would think that Nuno would want to keep it as stable as possible. I get what you're saying because in one way you're robbing Peter to pay Paul you're moving somewhat you're helping in one position but creating a change in another so yeah. are you changing for change's sake but, but at the same time Den Donker though you know is proving and you know centre back was the position he was brought in I'm not mistaken in the first place so you know I think that you bring Benny in, you bring in someone that's a defender's defender. I'm not expecting him to run up and spray 40-yard passes around, get in there and, and, and hopefully, fingers crossed, he'll do the job. Kilman, has he had enough exposure in a game that we know is going to be a real, uh, you know, balls-to-the-wall kind of you know, yeah, attacking has he, game? Has he, played a Premier, he hasn't played the Premier League game. He came on for that one minute against Fulham last yeah. year, I think. Yeah, about 30 seconds. He hasn't actually <laughs> played the Premier League minute, so I don't see as much as... He's got Europa League experience. Europa League isn't the same level that we've seen 
as a Premier League. So. But Bennett's going to suit the Sheffield sort of play anyway, in exactly. terms of he's going to be a much more out-and-out defender. That, are we worried about Ryan Bennett against David McGoldrick? I'm, I'm personally not, I've got to be honest. No, I'm, yeah. but, but I wouldn't be worried about Max Kilney against David McGoldrick either. It's just, it, to be fair, I wouldn't be disappointed with either. It's yeah. just, it's just I can personally see Kilman coming in instead of Bennett, just because the movement and around of the centre yeah, backs. To be fair, we you know we managed last season with our championship defence <laughs> throughout, mm-hmm. and we managed very well. Yeah. So Bennett coming in for me is just really straightforward. Huh? Isn't it? Isn't it nice to have the problem talking about this and not you know. He's him and Ed's firing now, and you know who's Willie Bolly, honestly. That's what I mean, no. like you know no. the, the, the panic. No, like the panic. The panic, though. You know, if you'd have if you'd have been reading half as much as you you know and believed half as much as you saw, you thought the world was going to end when Bolly was out, and and at the moment, obviously they're doing a fantastic job in his absence. So you know there are nicer problems to have, I guess. Will he get back in the side? Oh, <laughs> big call <laughs> up front. Think <laughs> of that defence when he does come back, though. It's gonna be. It's gonna be, the, it's gonna be the same as it was before he left. <laughs> With Den, Den Duncan. Oh, oh mate, I, 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 I'd love Den. I'd love Den Duncan to stay there. But the problem is, That's he formidable. won't. They'll just move him back into midfield because he, he look. He look. He's had some good games in midfield, but he for me just seemed like the out and out defensive midfielder, sort of like a half back in, in between the defenders and the midfielders. And Nevers has been playing that role. It just. It didn't make any sense to me. And now when he's back in defence, it makes even less sense to me how he was playing in our most advanced midfield role. Yeah, I think it does take the pressure off January now. And for a defender, yeah, I think we're absolutely fine there now. Um, when Jesus will be gone, thank God. Until uh, Sais gets 20 yellow cards <laughs> in the season. Again, That's like a four-game suspension. Well, did I, yeah. <laughs> well, did I say two, two weeks ago, I said he, he, it's like a child who needs to be told off to behave themselves for the rest of the day. Yeah. He needs a booking to manage through a whole he game. needs his first warning yeah. like his first like he's written almost, warning it's almost like a special move like can, <laughs> can stay on one yellow card throughout a match right <laughs> teach right Simon Francis something mate honestly but he's, just, he's the sort of guy that will get he'll get a yellow card in the first minute you'll go alright oh, sound and you won't be worried <laughs> about him for the rest of the game If but if it's the 89th minute and he hasn't got one yet you're going oh, when's this tackle coming in then yeah. <laughs> when's he going to absolutely annihilate one of theirs I'm still waiting here it's the SACE attribute, the new, uh, he's new like, section on football manager for yeah, next year. Yeah, he's like he's like the Paul Scholes, but only Paul Scholes is tackling. That's <laughs> the only attribute he has. Just once a game. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I was in I was in your boat with Kilman. Just just for the simple reason we haven't seen Den Donker on the left. I mean, he's he played there when we went down to ten men against Man City last season. You know when Bolly went yeah, off, yeah, and he didn't really work, did he? But well, again. That in ten men against City in three yeah. 0 I was quite happy. No, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> saying that that game, you couldn't really tell anything from that game because it was, it was. I mean, we never started. That was a disappointing day out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, two back-to-back wins for me. No, no doubt in my mind. Um, even watching them and everyone loves them and everything. But yeah, I think we'll. we'll I think we'll get two 0 winning Braga and then I think we might see something special on Sunday. I really do. No, it's, it's, not, it's definitely not out of the realms of possibility, though. To be fair, I mean, do you know they are in? You know, they're an informed team, Chef. But you know, so are we. Do you know what I mean? There's no absolutely no reason why, as the home team as well. You know, we can't, we can't, uh, we can't beat them. But I, I guess it comes down to let's get Braga out of the way first, and if we do put a strong team out, let's just hope and pray to any god that listen that we uh, we don't get any injuries. I think we're in for a good run of form beyond. 
the this weekend. I think we will win the two ahead of us. I think we'll beat West Ham because I think they're just stupidly arrogant in their belief that they can just not look at an opposition and make any kind of preparation for them. We've got Spurs, I think, the weekend after, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we have. I'm, I'm confident we can get a point from there quite happily. And then you're going into a really busy period where, you know, results can differ. But if you look at it after that, if, you, if you're looking at, in the Premier League, seven out of the ne- next nine, you're almost cementing yourself in the fi- in fifth position there. Because nobody else <laughs> is gonna is likely to win nine out of then three out of the next three. I don't think I don't think they will. I I'd absolutely love optimism. I've, I wish I had that it's sort of optimism. optimism. It's fact. No, but uh, it's fact. We're gonna we're gonna we're different Champions we've been League. Watching this team for eighteen months now. It's but, fact, I, but, it, I, but I'm like I'm like Nuno. I I won't think beyond <laughs> the next game. We think we think about the next game. We've got things to work on, and just, that's it. Just think of them <laughs> as facts from the future. Right. Okay. Gotti has come back from the future yeah, to tell and, us and just believe. that we're guaranteed fifth. Just believe. I'm too much of a pessimist. Okay. Middle I'd middle, love middle, it. By the middle of December. <laughs> <laughs> but no. I think you, you can have your own pessimism corner there. Draw in each? Draw in each game? I think we'll win one of them. I think we'll win Which one of them. I think we're more likely to win on Sunday. With your rotational policy, yeah, because I think I think when we've made eleven changes for um, the away game, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think when we've made eleven changes, we'll probably come away with a point, and then obviously bring everyone back for the Sunday, and then Jake was right. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Jake was right. You we'll not we'll first. not be trending anywhere this Sunday. Um, talking about Jake was right takes us on to Lil Dan's quiz. Off, cheers, Dan. But last time you were in this room, you won so. And Dan was fuming. I know. I was at all. <laughs> yeah, I know. I robbed t- you. Didn't I rob you with a tiebreak or something yeah, ridiculous? On my, on my own. Are we getting the, are we getting the notes out? On my own yeah. turf, I was defeated. That was uh, the forgotten show. <laughs> Stu's out of the picture this time, so. I've been out of the picture all season. Yeah. Been awful. Uh, if any of the answers are Jody Craddock, I'm buzzing. Feeling hopeful. There's, there is. Uh, is, there, is it all. I want to guess, because it's Dan's quiz, he knows I'm on. It's all early 90s stuff. It's uh, 90s yeah, does feature brilliant. superb, <laughs> superb. But no. I, I, can I recommend a podcast to you quickly, Kevin? Okay, you'll Why? learn a lot off that. Maybe, maybe might help you. So oh, uh, very quickly, Kevin. Every it does seem that every three weeks that we Walls or Steve Ball gets mentioned. Yeah, he got mentioned the last one, I think, didn't he? Yeah, um, um, Robert Plant. Yeah, he used to say if. So Robert Plant was in a, a hotel room, uh, in, in, and if someone wanted to see Robert Plant, they had to ask to see Steve Bull <laughs> as his code name. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, so question number one. Here we go. On the 26th of November, 2005, Chance. Wolves drew nil-nil at home to Southampton. Can you name our two strikers that started that day? November 2005. Yes. That's 0506. The glory is. The glory is. Two strikers. One of them is way out and one of them is a complete guess. <laughs> that started that day. Are we all locked in? I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's because he's gone, he's gone by then. This is like four years before I got You're my season bored. ticket. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at, this, at this point, I was nine. Sorry, no, I'm not that wrong anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Well, we'll go for the wrong answer first then. Uh, would Miller have gone by that point? 
dreadful Keenan Miller. Gully? Miller and Court. Akin Boy and Bothroyd. Nil point all round. Really? It was George Nadar and Viaganaya. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! And Dar was fit. I know. Flipping hell. I would ne- never in a million years. Would Miller have? Would Miller have been but, around the squad at that point? I'm yeah, like, I think I'm he was there throughout the Hoddle years, wasn't he? I yeah, I think he. Uh, yeah. yeah, because he left before McCarthy joined. He did leave that summer. Yeah, I think uh, so. Okay, yeah, I knew. Yeah. I, knew I just. They all, they all left that year. Didn't yeah. They? Well, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. In question number two. Also a possible, uh, well, it's not possible, it will be on the film cast at some point. In the 90s football movie, When Saturday Comes, what is the surname of the girlfriend of Sean Bean's character, Jimmy Muir, sharing the name of a Wolves defender? Surname. So what is, what is the surname of the girlfriend of Sean Bean's character in When Saturday Comes? A current Wolves defender or a Wolves defender of ever? A Wolves defender. Can I find a friend... Who I know knows this because he sends me voice notes from this film possibly once a month. We can phone him once we've done this as a bonus. As a bonus, <laughs> yeah, I know a friend. We've... I've never watched this film. No, I know it's about, she- no, it's about Sheffield United, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. In that case, I've got no chance. Are we allowed to say, seeing as we're all in the crew, are we allowed to know is it a current defender? It is a current is it, Okay, all right, so. Oh. Uh, right, okay then. <clears throat> Nineties Sheffield. Yeah, D- Den Donker doesn't sound like a name. No, Kilman or Bolling. Romain Saez, what? Sheffield. It seems like there can only be one. That seems like there can only be one name. Yeah, it seems like a trick question. This. It'll be get... it'll be Otto, won't it, or something? <laughs> 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 Have you seen the other Sheffield-based nineties movie? Wait, which one? The Full Monty. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great film. So, so you've seen the full. You of all people have seen the Full Monty. Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of that's old a films. Bit of a, just a classic, though, isn't it? Yeah, you can't not watch the. Yeah. It's a great film. Fair enough. Are we all locked? Yeah. With probably all the same answer, <laughs> I would assume. It's probably. It, it, I bet it's Connor, but I have to go Cody. Okay, so uh, Jake. Uh yeah, I've gone Doherty, but that makes sense. I've gone, gone Connor. And we have one point. It'll be Connor. And he's Doherty. Oh, oh get it. Oh. Come on, Dan. Have that. <laughs> he's not a defender anymore. Right wing to back. <laughs> In Fantasy Premier League, he's classed as a defender still. The last time... Question three. The last time we played Sheffield United, they had Richard Stearman and Leon Clark playing for them. But can you name two Wolves players who played for Sheffield United against us in 2014? Two Wolves players who played for Sheffield United against us in 2014. Yes. Is that League One? I think that's League One. Last time we played Sheffield United, they had Richard Steenman and Leon Clark playing for them. But can you name two Wolves players who played for Sheffield United against us in 2014? No, no, no. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Got, got completely blank. It's almost like that that three, four years of that decade, this decade has disappeared from memory. I'm having a massive stab in the dark here. I just know both of the answers are wrong, but fuck it. Okay, we'll go for Gully first this time. Um, Neil Collins and Stephen Elliott. 
uh, just a quick one. I have also gone for Neil Collins. Okay. And Anthony Ford. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That is right. Sure, that's, that's right. Shout, that. I've literally just gone for fringe players just for the, for the sake of it. I've gone for Greg Halford and George Friend. Oh, Greg Halford's a good shout as well. So the cri- one correct answer has been there. No idea. One was Connor Cowdy. Oh, oh yes, yeah, he's on loan there, wasn't he? And the other was Neil Collins. Oh, yes. there you go. Shit, he's been ahead. 2-1-0. Come on. Question number three. Four. Four. <laughs> I'd like to discredit that last one because I may I mean, you can ask chance. it again and we'll all get a point <laughs> if you really want. Four. In the, in the mid-90s, Wolves <laughs> came from two down with goals from Emblem and DeWolf to draw 2-2 with Sheffield United at Molyneux. Which former Wolf scored for the Blades that day? Former Wolf after that game or former Wolf? He, was a, he played for us after that day. Pass. <laughs> Pass. So in the mid-90s, Wolves came from two down in Sheffield United at Molyneux. The mid-90s, Sheffield United player who went on to play for us at some point. You, can, you don't need to sigh. I was thinking if you could look in around this room, but I don't think there is. No chance. Uh, Matt, first? Uh, pass on this one, unfortunately. So Nathan Blake. Nathan Blake. Smith. 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 <laughs> Just Smith. It's not Smith, it is Nathan Blake. 2-2. Oh, 2-2. Oh, two, two. Two, two, nil. Desmond. Uh, chef. It is the last... Well... It's effectively a tiebreaker, I suppose. If, if, amazingly, you get this. Sheffield United striker Billy Sharp mimicked which former wrestling great's finishing move last season? Oh, sh- I actually remember him doing this. <laughs> might have a chance here. I, I actually might know this. Former wrestling great. <laughs> former wrestling great's finishing move last season. Who I think he actually met up with or left a, a video message for him later on. Oh God, he got in touch somewhere I'm sure he did because he went everywhere no, no, thank you very much because I know, I know this, I, I've, I, this is right in the back of my mind that I might have pulled out of nowhere no, obviously you know the answer so can I get bonus points if, okay. you, if you can okay. name it if you can if, name the if move you, if you name the celebration as well we'll, we'll see you could oh, okay. I'm going to go for it I'm going to okay. go all out okay 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 Gully I'm going Mankind Mandible claw. Oh, it's that. Mick Foley, mandible claw. I've gone for the Stone Cold Shuffle. <laughs> Stone Cold Shuffle? <laughs> <laughs> it was Mick Foley with Mr. Soccer. That's right. Oh. Though, let's, let's be honest. Hang on, but so wait, th- so neither so of those so things say Mick, Mick Foley or Soccer. Neither of those words. Mankind. Is not Mankind. Mick Foley. Mick is not Foley. It's, it's Mick Foley, that's, surely. Nah, that's like, no. That's like, oh, saying, Dwayne, that's like saying Dwayne Johnson on. is the rock. He's just not. Well, <laughs> well, it's made up. No, but he was known in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, d- what does it say on Dan's quiz? On, on Dan's score sheet here, it says Mick Foley. Oh, so unfortunate. So, <sighs> right, I'm in charge. Oh, fuming. Stu, um, sore. We'll go for a tiebreaker. Yes! Oh, <laughs> Chance. <laughs> Shit, I was my way through. I'm going to Bournemouth my way through this. <laughs> what number shirt does Leon Clark wear for Sheffield United? Squad number. 29. 
closest wins on squad numbers. 24. Oh. Yeah! <laughs> 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 Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> I, I think, think I think it's probably it, probably a fair to say that was a draw. I think you've done Mounds and me for the squad number closest number. Then that's I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna tweet I'm gonna tweet <laughs> Mick Foley about this. <laughs> you mean oh, mankind? Man. Yeah, him, <laughs> him. Rules, <laughs> rules, rules. Um, Wait, with Mandible Claw, Mister Soccer, the same thing essentially. Mm, well, if we're gonna go into these realms, he did the Mandible Claw first, then put a sock on it, and then it became Mister Soccer doing the Mandible Claw. So his finisher's always been the Mandible Claw, just with a sock puppet attached. But he did, he did, he did miss, a, uh, he did the Mandible Claw when he was Cactus Jack in ACW and WCW before he was Mankind. Oh, so unfortunate! So unfortunate. The time, there's no yeah. VAR in the Wolves fan cast. No, but it, it is like saying that Jennifer Lopez on Cartman's hand is the same Jennifer Lopez in real life from South Park. Uh, I'm sure that's not there's not that much difference. At all. <laughs> <laughs> No, we can't get into that. Um, but <laughs> before the um, the highlight of the week, which is Twitter Corner, um, we have actually got emails. Amazingly, wow! I know it's it's a, it's almost like a taste sensation. Um, but one from Alex Shaw, who's a teacher, a Wolf, who grew up a Wolves fan, who. I presume from the, the gist of the email was um, he's from down south in uh, London but he said as you all know growing up as a Wolves fan has been tough and I was constantly ridiculed through my school years as we all were yep. um, even in Wolverhampton anyway while teaching <laughs> a class the other day a student created an interactive stadium map of Molyneux when I asked if he was a Wolves fan he said no I support Chelsea but I really like Wolves ok and he said it's the fact that we now, a younger generation of people actually appreciate Wolves, and it's not just a constant piss take from everyone and everywhere. Um, I thought he was a, a nice. What is this? Uh, what? I mean, that's it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm getting. I'm, 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 I'm just run, alerting you I to am the running, situation. I'm running the show. Um, no, we we actually got a, a response to uh, the film cast episode from last week as well, um, from a guy who actually works in for the um, UK Film Council. Amazingly enough, um, so just a, a, the, the emails appreciated, Mr. Sean Perkins. Um, it's really long, so we can't go into it. But what he did bring up was that the again '90s brilliant film Fever Pitch, Jake. Nope, um, was directed by a Wolves fan called David Evans. Which is a nice little sidebar for this little venture. But yes, so we're going on to Twitter Corner. Um, so let's have a look. Are we fearful of the new Tim Spears Wolves podcast? There isn't such a thing, is there? I'm just about to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hasn't been, yes. Stop. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. Stop giving him publicity. He's he's moved on to bigger and better things in the NS. Um, from our own hoops, have you ever tried blue chew? We'll, we'll never get Tim Spears on the podcast. No, that's that's a that's a definite no no. <laughs> uh, no blue chew, but I've heard it'll make your dick so hard a cat couldn't scratch it. Is the is its own tagline on other podcasts? 
but I don't, what are you, I don't even know what it is. Oh, okay. Well, this then you really must be wondering what it is that I'm describing. Okay. I heard literally one sentence of what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's rewind. Let's backtrack slightly. It's basically a, 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 a Viagra substitute. And it's going around the, the wrestling podcast world by storm. Hence the reason why Wolves wrestling podcasters I probably know what it is. Me oh, and, and Matthew Scrivens is guest a few essentially the NWO of football. Mm, who's Hulk Hogan then in this? In this, who's the the outsiders and? What wasn't there a PWO? Yeah, the PWO that we, yeah, yeah. We, was taken away from us, taken away from you. Well, I suppose by association, it's just a few then, isn't it? Yeah. <coughs> Cease and desist. One of those. <laughs> yeah. Cease and desist. On a t-shirt, there's probably ten of us own, including two from this this podcast. Um, Mr. Lee Booth, on a scale of 1 to 10, with ten, with 1 being virtually still red and 10 being burnt to a crisp, how do you like your toast, Jake? Three. Ooh. Sorry. I'm gonna Warm bread, so, then. Literally, Basically, yeah. yeah. Do you have some? Lo- enough, enough to melt the butter. But would three melt butter, though? Yeah, so it's, it's warm. You, you stick it in. For, on stick it on for, two, you stick on for two minutes. It gets crispy enough that it melts, and it's warm enough that it melts the butter. But isn't there's no burnt bits? Mm. The yeah, I, people will disagree it. with me. If it's a sandwich, I think I prefer it lightly toasted. Yeah, but sa- you, you like, toast your you bread know, on a sandwich. Be, yeah. yeah, what? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, my, what? Have you ever been to Subway? Yeah, but that's completely different because that's someone else doing it for you. If I'm making a sandwich, you just bread, butter, meat. But uh, bread. So you're, cut, cut, you're cutting corners here, then Jake. Are you? Yeah, I just don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to oh, copy us. Look at me. Do I look, look like someone who takes a lot of time preparing meals? Someone. <laughs> yes. <keeps> introduced Jake. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like that's all you're doing to me. <laughs> fast food. Fast food. Fast food. <laughs> someone so introduced Jake to the sensation of toasted sandwiches. Nice. Well, I, I, have you never? Have you never used a toasting machine? Oh, oh yo, yeah. wait, hang on. That's different because that's melting the cheese and whatever's in it. But I wouldn't toast bread and then put stuff on it and then put more bread on top and then make a sandwich. But I'd use a toasting machine. Fish finger sandwich has to be toasted. Would you have no, yeah. no. Would you have butter on a bacon sandwich or a sausage sandwich on your bread? Yeah. No, I don't yeah. Think you need oh, it. I don't think you need it. No, no. I, th- I was thinking. Then, uh, I was getting confused. Because then you're getting like sauce and butter. Yep. And we're getting into we're getting into. Yep. Incestuous territory, here, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. It's a seven for me on the toast scale. I like mine. Oof, I like burnt. No, no, no. We t- you know we're talking nines and tens are burnt. I think seven gives you a good, a nice crunch on your, on your toast there. No, no issues with butter heating as well. So. I would almost throw your toaster out. I feel like you don't need <laughs> it. <laughs> Stick it in the microwave and just put it on for a bit. At, at a three, you might. You got well. a grill that double up. It's fine. <laughs> you might as well just use a lighter yeah. <laughs> if it does the job at, at that stage. I mean, I've had a thing when I've one of my favourite things ever on a fr- especially on a Friday when certain children are going to sleep on me, and I thought, well, I can't go up and get my uh, sandwiches myself. Toast first and then a cheese in the middle so it melts while you're eating it not melted cheese don't like melted cheese not good so exactly what you just said you hate and you can't fathom I have every week and with that that's if, why if I hate if, and can't fathom you if any culinary <laughs> giant wants to sponsor the podcast you know these are the kind of <laughs> the kind of foods that we eat bread in between you know cheese in between Kings bread Mill, anyone you know Robertons, what I mean anyone Tesco's own brand <laughs> Wolf's Foodcast um, 
<laughs> up for that. <laughs> well, what a surprise. <laughs> um, let's have a look at it. Here we go. Any more? Um, WFC Sam. Which player would you say <laughs> everyone from the fan cast is like? We don't have time, but little Dan is Johnny. <sighs> is he really? Just because he's the smallest player. <laughs> oh, harsh. Well, well I, and, and he's and also I would, got a receding hairline. I and I, yeah, <laughs> and I and I would be Roger Johnson now, vilified and overweight, <laughs> or Jamie O'Hara. And I'd just I'd go down the John Ruddy route for my recently smooth, shiny head. <laughs> the, the only footballing link I have, unfortunately. Stu's romance size. He's a he's a yellow card on any fan. <laughs> walking yellow card. Yellow card on any subject. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any yeah. Description just needs a warning. Just needs a, needs a warning before he behaves himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm editing this. That's good. That's been chopped out. Um, I think that's all the correspondence we've got. But we have, we do have to mention uh, our wonderful Mr. Rui Patricio and Christmas trees in November. Let's just get it right. He's, le- he's leading the way. It's acceptable. It's not. It's really not. It's definitely it's, not it's acceptable. Definitely not. We're no sitting way. in Stu's back room, which currently has like, tinsel and all sorts hanging from the ceilings. I'm trying got. to close my eyes and pretend we're in a Chinese restaurant. Wing what? You know, see, feel, see yeah. that that's, that's yeah. the vibe I think he's going for. It's not Christmas. I'm also seeing Santa, a reindeer. Um, what on earth is this? In a, it's a meerkat in a wolf's in coat. wolf's coat. Right. Okay. Okay. Explains itself. With a Santa's hat on, or like a sleeping hat. It's a Santa's hat because of the belt. The belt makes it more Christmassy. Never needs a Scrooge kind of hat for those listening. All right. Um, I suppose we're doing a Wolves podcast. It's acceptable. Yeah, there's a Santa football head there. Chaucer as well. That's it. Old daddies. I mean, if if when I come home from from uh, Porto slash Braga and the Christmas decorations are up. We're into the first of December, so it may be acceptable. But any any earlier than then for me is a bit of a no. Yeah, no. but you know they've gone up, gone up before the first as well, haven't you? When you've been away. Well, they won't, because she'll want me to go up the loft again. Oh, <laughs> so. there you go. All right, fair enough. Fair so enough. The, the old rule was: as soon as the Coca-Cola advert's on on ITV or Channel Four, that's when it's Christmas. And oh, you can't go by retail, surely? They're selling Christmas stuff. That's what in Christmas is. Yeah. <laughs> Santa's only read because of Coca-Cola. Whoa, have you heard about the baby Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was always the way that I used to do it. When, when that advert was on, yeah, it's Christmas time, let's put the stuff up. You'd literally see the advert and then just you'd all shoot into gear and go up the loft. Uh, I'd get <laughs> like a military operation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go, go, go! go, go. <laughs> well, it, 1,000, 2,000. <laughs> this afternoon it took me all of two hours to do three quarters of the house. Is it, is it so it's not complete. Oh no, that's. I'm going to go and get the tree. Yeah, this is the foreplay of the Christmas <laughs> decoration. Yeah, this is this is just a teasing session. <laughs> Making the dining room need, look like um, me. Viagra tablet for the rest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. finding some blue chew, <laughs> chewy blueies. But uh, I think well, if Patricio can put his, his tree up and now apparently can knit as well, which is unbelievable, um, then it's good enough for everyone. I think on that note, just over nearly hour and 20 minutes, um, I think we should say au revoir today. So uh, from Matt, good night. Jake. Bye. Goodie. See you later. And from me, ta-ra. Press the right button.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 